to the yard sign. It's the most important and relevant podcast in politics. I'm your host, Johnny Torres. Uh, we've got a, a brand new audience that we're going to tell you a little bit more about later in the show. But uh, just want to give a quick shout out to BizPack Review to presenting today's show. Uh, man, lots to talk about. Of course, a lot of uncertainty happening out there. So let's go ahead and get right into today's topics and then we'll introduce today's cast. Uh, let's bring up the list of topics Coronavirus, of course, as expected, we're going to drill down into, uh, you know, kind of the way that everybody's kind of looking at this, uh, every which way that you can, you know, how serious is it, uh, you know, and how much more of this are we going to have to put up with, uh, of course, Trump's response to the coronavirus, uh, including the stock bailouts and the student loan bailouts uh, that were enacted uh, by executive order, Um, and uh, China blaming the U.S. about the coronavirus. We'll pick that apart and the political ramifications of that. Along with uh, an update on the Democratic debate, which took place last night. And if you didn't see it, don't worry. I'm sure nobody else did either. Um, We'll talk about who won uh, that whole fiasco. And, of course, uh, let's bring it home to Florida. Andrew Gillum, big news, uh, and uh, not for any good reason. Uh, So uh, we'll go ahead and start picking those topics apart after I go over to the big table. We got a good-looking cast today. I'm excited. My goodness. Thank God I'm not sitting next to you guys because you guys would look way too good tonight. Let me go ahead and turn up uh, everybody's mics here from left to right. We've got the face of the show, but not the substance. That's Jake Hoffman. Hello. <laughs> As always, I, I appreciate the kind words. Oh, I got to get your thing on the left side. There we oh, go. Thank you so much. All right. And sitting next to him is his beautiful fiance and joining us once again, Michelle Sassuni. Hi, everyone. And uh, shout out to BizPack out there. Awesome. And then, of course, our buddy, Christopher Kylan. How you doing, my friend? Hey, hi, everybody. Um, it's good to know all of you while we're still existing. So uh, enjoy this episode. It might be the last one until a few minutes. Well, uh, real quick, for those of you joining us and watching this for the first time, again, we're a group of young conservatives, young Republicans uh, who like to pick apart the week's news, the week's politics, give our perspectives. And uh, shockingly enough, we don't always agree on everything. And so... Uh, we appreciate you watching this from wherever, whenever you may be doing so. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the first topic, which is the coronavirus. Um, uh, any of you guys uh, got the coronavirus? Um, I actually am a little sick, I think, from, uh, <laughs> but that's all from Key West last weekend. I think it's um, it's pretty from safe From a bachelor down party in Key West? Do uh, you want to let us know how you got sick? No, that's okay. We're going to keep moving. <laughs> so, but as far as coronavirus goes, I mean, I... Uh, as you guys know, it is absolutely affecting every part of life right now. I mean, there's nowhere you you can't do anything. We're starting to get into, you know, curfews and shutting down of bars and restaurants. And I mean, you know, we're going to do our best to kind of dissect it from like a young conservative perspective. But, you know, there is so much to unpack here over the past like week or two since we've since we've basically, I don't know, started doing social distancing and quarantining. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy how just life has you know completely been affected and i mean we i guess need to announce that our wedding is officially (laughs) that was supposed to occur on may 12th in ireland is officially postponed for a year so so i mean i waited 10 years to you know we waited 10 years to get married so what's another year it's okay yeah but 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 it is uh, yeah in reality i mean it's we're joking about it but it's like if you know the venue that we were getting married and they have to completely shut down it's you know that's going to significantly hurt you know not only their business but so many people's lives who have trips yeah. and events planned I well that, that's how you know you got a keeper i mean when she's <laughs> when she's
But she's willing to wait a whole nother year to make this happen. I mean, I think you've got the right one. Well, and the know, fact that she's yeah. so composed about it too. Oh my gosh. Uh, be... On on screen, on screen. <laughs> but I've not been. But, <laughs> I'm all right. But what I will say though is that you know we we bring that up because again uh, the reason why we're not able to do that we're not able to go do international flights right now. Um, we have no idea what's going to happen with the international flights coming back on the way back uh, to America. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Even domestic flights could be canceled. There's talks about that over the next couple of weeks. So between all of those travel plans, I mean, I know I've had two conferences. The The National Young Republicans Conference was canceled in Washington, D.C. this upcoming weekend. Um, I was really looking forward to that. Those plans are canceled. So, you know, for me, from, you know, young professional standpoint, I mean, every single event that I've planned on going to over the next six months is totally up in the air. I have no idea what's going on. My entire calendar is just like a giant question mark at this point. So, and I think that, you know, that's not even that bad compared to people who are actually sick, actually dealing with this problem. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm, t I'm giving my perspective Very because, first world problems. Yeah. because it, is, it is first world problems because, again, like we're we're under 30 and, you know, it doesn't affect us as much. But, you know, there's still a lot of effect that's, you know, taking place based off of the fact that, again, our entire lives are kind of like shutting down around us and we're being, you know, quarantined. How is it affecting you at all, Chris? My life has been minimally affected. <laughs> uh, so most of the time I've spent in my garage doing woodworking or I'll spend some time in my office doing some watchmaking stuff. So as a um, introverted extrovert like when i'm home when i'm at home I'm an introvert so my life is zero change as far as like the supplies and stuff i'm an avid hunter so i usually have like 80 pounds of meat in my freezer <laughs> at any yeah. point in time so see that's the thing is that you know if you've prepped with 80 pounds of meat in your freezer then you're really like okay with the rest of this happening but you know for the rest of us we're trying to fight for toilet paper in target and walmart which is totally <laughs> empty right now i mean Stores are going crazy and people are going crazy and they're, you know, at first, you know, I sat on this podcast for the last like three or four weeks and basically said it's not that big of a deal. I don't think people need to start freaking out about and it and going into their bunkers. Are you going to say that you were wrong? <laughs> Never. <laughs> but No, they shouldn't have started freaking <laughs> about it. They went against his advice. But what I will, Jake. yeah, what I will say, though, about it is that right now what we're seeing is everybody that that was prepping is starting to feel you know validated because of the fact the actions that our government has taken which is what i think we can talk about today is all of the different actions that have been you know trump just got on like an hour ago before we got on and did another press conference um again we've we've shut down you know major airlines coming into america um you know we're shutting down schools in our county in in florida a lot of other states are shut down bars and restaurants are shutting down i mean it's it's affecting everybody right now so it's like i mean I, I don't know if anyone remembers exactly what happened during Hurricane Katrina in like New Orleans. I mean, granted, that was a different situation where there was like looting and, you know, stuff like that. But the fact that the government, the National Guard had to come in and, you know, secure the area and, you know, try to work to keep everybody safe. And that was in one city in new orleans you know and i think a little bit wider throughout the state now we're seeing very similar things occur throughout the entire world this yeah. isn't just an america problem it's not just a china problem it's italy europe i mean the whole world is being affected by this virus yeah. and i think that as much as we are frustrated that our you know schools are closing that our plans are getting canceled and all of that i do think it's important to remember that you know with us, you know, taking the actions of not doing as much and self-quarantining and things like that, mm -hmm. we are, it's an act of solidarity. 
for the entire world. And we're saying to everyone that we do care about, you know, our elderly who are most at risk, our people with, you know, autoimmune disorders or underlying illnesses. And we're standing in solidarity with them and saying, and especially the hospital workers, we're saying to them, we're going to do our best to help you out. Yeah. And, and to keep every, and to keep, try to keep everybody safe. Yeah. And so, um, we were supposed to have somebody from Moffitt on today to come and talk about, you know, what from a, from somebody who actually studied vi viruses and worked around viruses, worked in that um, in that arena, like at the at the highest levels. Um, fortunately, they weren't able to make it. So if he's watching. We're upset it, with you. Yeah, <laughs> just a little. Just a little. But but I did get some I did get some bullet points from, you know, again, people who are actually working at, again, the highest levels at the CDC and the who and, and those type of organizations. And again, we're just you know some political pundits you know uh, and i use that term loosely uh, on actually deciding what's going on with from a you know a health standpoint you know people who are actually in this field are very concerned and if they weren't very concerned they wouldn't be advising our president and our world leaders and our and our local leaders to shut everything down so you know based on the bullet points that i've got from from that community is that you know again everybody you can't see um, the symptoms over the next, you know, like maybe two weeks, possibly you're carrying it and carrying it around. So even if you're younger and you're not going to be affected by it, you could still be spreading it to older people. Um, well, and the biggest part about this, the reason that there has been such a huge response to this in the way that it has been is because of the virality of it. The yeah. fact that it's airborne, the fact that it can live for days on certain surfaces. I mean, this thing yeah. just doesn't go away in a matter of minutes or hours like many viruses do. Yeah. And that's why they're telling you wipe everything down, wash your hands, you know, and, and it doesn't mean that you have to be a shut in. It just means, you know, take some precaution and, you know, just, you know, be mindful of where you spend your time, you know, but even, you know, I think it's ridiculous that you've got these liberal states, California, New York, who are shutting down small businesses, restaurants, bars, and telling people not to go to these small businesses. They're going to destroy their, their economy. Uh, and, and these small businesses, I went to a restaurant yesterday that couldn't even hold 12 people. I mean, you know, again, it, it's just common sense. Like, if you yeah. want to go grab a bite to eat, maybe it's a good opportunity to check out that little restaurant that you've been avoiding for the past 10 years. And instead of going to Chili's, maybe check out the mom and pop place that's, you know, within walking distance yeah, of your house. Absolutely. Now, and personally, I do have some health conditions, luckily not autoimmune, but still, I've, you know, I've been to the hospital plenty of times. So I, I worry about myself and I'm one of the more at risk uh, people. However, I'm not completely stopping to live my life. You know, I'm just taking precautions, washing my hands, making sure, you know, I keep hand sanitizer in my bag, you know, just being cautious and, you know, keeping, keeping an eye out. And, you know, for if I'm starting to feel like if I feel a fever or something, come on. But, you know, it's just, there's, we don't, like Johnny said, we don't need to just shut down these small businesses. People can choose whether or not they feel like they should stay at home or whether they can take the precautions of washing their hands and, you know, really just not, you know, trying not to touch too many surfaces and then touch their face. Well, and the beautiful thing is that nowadays we have alternate options. You know, you have all these delivery services. So, again, oh, yeah, there are other ways for you to support these businesses. And, yeah, I mean, it's great that you've stocked up on, you know, 40 pounds of chicken, you know, for the next three weeks, you know. But at the same time, these businesses are going to need a lot of help, yeah. you know. And, and a, a clever one's a friend of mine. She's a baker, right? She does these kind of high-end wedding cakes and desserts and that sort of thing. You know, a great idea that she put out is buy gift cards. 
you know so maybe if you don't want to so maybe if you can't support that business right now maybe do it during this time when they're struggling just to help them keep the doors open yeah and i think that it's going to be a lot more than that and you know i as people that maybe have not watched this show before, you know, I think that we stand very much on the side of small government. The, the less amount of government intervention, the better. But in these situations where the government is coming in and putting sanctions and, you know, not sanctions necessarily, but sorry, rules, that rules applies. in place, rules in yeah. place where, you know, you can't go out or you can't be operating and stuff like that, then. If you're going to step in and do that, then, you know, you're going to have to figure out what to do with, again, bartenders and servers and people who maybe live paycheck to paycheck. And now all of a sudden their their entire business is shut down and they're not getting that paycheck the next couple of weeks or maybe even the next couple of months. So, you know, that is something that is going to be, you know, I know Mitt Romney floated a thousand dollar check to everybody in the uh, in the country just just today so i mean i don't know if that's the solution but <laughs> it's it's but that's the reality of what we're talking Sounds about like that, andrew uh andrew it, yang I mean, is advising it's him exactly <laughs> it's out of, it's out of his playbook yeah 100%. it is out of his playbook but that's that's the kind of thing we're looking at and you know now we've got to jump into the fact that the again the stock market has been you know reacting to this right over the past couple of months i think that everybody's starting to see that um i think we dropped another three thousand points today so it's it's affecting everybody that's for sure Okay, so let's go ahead and start to turn this uh, conversation into the next topic, uh, which is Trump's response, okay? Now, where I see a lot of issues, especially for those on our side of the aisle, is the fact that some are making this out to be political. Um, and I think that's a huge and grave mistake. Uh, there's a lot of horrible conspiracy theories out there that are saying that this is somehow some global uh, conspiracy to prevent Donald Trump from being reelected. And, and, and the, the audacity and the lunacy of, of that conspiracy uh, is, is exactly what oftentimes is wrong with some of the people in our party. To think that on this level of scale, the billions, if not maybe in trillions of dollars globally that we're going to see in money lost because of this virus and somebody to think that they would do all that over the economy. I mean, what did you, uh, it, it, are you guys finding that, that, that there's any grounds? I mean, or I, I am one to entertain all conspiracy theories, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> I, I absolutely will. What I, what I won't say is like, I, there's obviously no credence to that, um, that this is some big hoax or something like that. Right. Which is, is something I've seen from some people on the right as well. Um, but what I will give credence to is that, you know, this, that this was a manufactured disease that came out of China. One of the things that's been a really frustrating you know thing from a political standpoint you know talk about politicizing it you know we have government leaders in china that are coming out and saying that it was the american army's fault and that's the propaganda that they're presenting to their community right they're saying oh it's america's fault the army came in and they, they like passed us along potato yeah yeah well, and we're gonna, and I mean, like, that's a topic that we're gonna get into tonight i mean but that's you know yeah which feels a bit like deflection you know well it's i mean projection. but i will so i will i will give credence to the conspiracy theory that you know again this is a manufactured disease that maybe they were trying to do it to get people in hong kong off of the streets i mean like i i'm not gonna say that's what it is but i what i will say is that you know i'm i'm open to entertaining those i don't think it's like some big global conspiracy to stop trump um i think that you know again you've seen the politicization of of that you know on the left people have been saying that his response hasn't been strong enough or that you know he cut the cdc's this and that so that's why we have this problem in the first place and that's completely unfounded and it's not it's really not fair to him or anybody on our side i mean again they're doing absolutely everything they can do and you know again they're shutting down flights into the country i mean when you start getting to that point like i don't know how much of a stronger response you could possibly have from a leader I don't think that 
the entire thing is a, a hoax or a conspiracy, yeah. but I do think that people are utilizing it to their political advantage, sure. which, is, which yeah, is awful. I mean, so from what I've seen so far, there's been, there's been a handful of incidences. I mean, for, for example, um, the relief effort, the first relief effort, Trump asked for $4 billion for the relief, relief effort. They asked, the Democrats amended it to be an $8 billion package as opposed to $4 billion, hmm. with no, I think the word is repudiation, like so, mm-hmm. once the once the, the the virus is gone, and the money hasn't been spent, it doesn't go back to the coffer of the Fed. It, it stays and it gets spent on pet projects, which is yeah, garbage. Uh, so <laughs> to to use bills that are uh, attached to an emergency and an epidemic like this as a way to get your political bidding done is pretty disgusting. I'm not particularly fond of that. Another thing uh, that I saw was the criticism of him over. Some things that he said uh, regarding, uh, I think he said, we'll have a vaccine in three weeks or four weeks or something like that. And you're like, oh, he's so dumb. He, 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 there's no way you can, how, you're not a virologist. And then uh, that was on the 28th of, of February. Yeah. Uh, March 12th, Anthony Fauci, the director of the CDC, or um, one of the infectious disease uh, groups we have, was like, yeah, we're getting one in stage one. Yeah, and one of the testing. things that one of the things we haven't talked about so far is the fact that you know we had tests available for the virus that they That's were ready to, to have at, you know at everyone's disposal, but because of the bureaucracy that occurs in oh, the, and the FDC um, and the the t- different types of loops that they had to jump through. I mean, you can listen to the New York Times has a podcast on it. They do a great job covering the fact that like they had to hold back the innovation of the test and they had to basically go on and try and do it anyway without the approval of the government because yeah. again that's what that's what ends up happening when you have too many layers there's a doctor named uh dr helen Chu. she uh, worked out of seattle and um she had a study going on on influenza and to figure out transmissibility and different strains etc uh community spread and she contacted the um the food and drug administration she's like hey i have this study going it can be converted to what needs to be done immediately can we do it and because of the bureaucracy bounce between the fda and the cdc she basically lost all of her time, and all the patients that she could have prevented yeah. from spread were that that spread yeah. was on the hands of red tape by the yeah. FDA. And what this yeah, brings absolutely. me brings me to my biggest point, and I I wanted to address this is that we have no idea what the numbers are for this entire pandemic, right? Um, what we have is we have a set of numbers. The, the latest that I've seen, this is from John Hopkins before the show. 180,000 people are infected that they can confirm cases around the world, and 7,000 are dead, which gives it a three to four percent um, mortality rate, which is pretty which bad. Is which, is, which is astounding. Which is which what is you're astounding at. mortality. But right? th- this is my point: is that when we don't have the tests that have been out there, right? We haven't been testing people. You could have had millions of people pass this through their system and not be tested for it. It not, but they actually carry it, right? So it could have been 7,000 deaths and a million people, but none of them were tested. Okay, that's, and not, when, that's not likely, though. That's well, actually not... No, no, that's not likely plausible. because this... It's plausible. I think it's very likely, actually, it's but I'll let you go. It's plausible, but not probable. <laughs> well, what I... <laughs> so, no, and the reason why is because the when the disease... When you get the disease, you... You do, yeah, you don't exhibit symptoms at first, but you do get a fever, mm-hmm. a fever and a dry cough. Yeah. So yeah, they're not testing, but they're u- typically using those tests for people who are coming in with. Yeah. Fevers. So here's my point: they're not using the tests. Like I have people if that, that think that. Nose, they're not using. There are it. people that think that they have 
coronavirus, right? I've, I've heard this over and over again from people that I know, and they are going in saying, I'm sick, I think I have coronavirus, can you test me for it? And they're going, no. But were they running it, a fever? But doesn't matter, the point is that they're not testing people, and if you're not testing people, and they weren't testing people in China, and they weren't testing people around the rest of the world, and so again, it could be in the millions of millions of more cases that we don't know about, and then that, again, I don't see how we're working with accurate data is my overall point. And so while there's 7,000 deaths, and it's 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 unfortunate, and then again, the, the number is showing three to four percent mortality rates a really big deal if you don't have accurate data that it's it could be in the millions then i don't see how again i think it's personally i think it's a little bit of an overreaction to what we're what we're seeing right now about shutting things down I don't, again people, I don't people think at so. the people at the cdc and at the who and and at you know again like people that we were going to have on this show that that know a lot more about me about viruses and biology they think that i'm totally wrong in that you know yeah. what, what that that they actually haven't taken enough steps. That's actually the opinion of most people is that they we need we should be social quarantining even more. So what China did is China they essentially put it so that you had to take a test to see if you had a fever or not before mm -hmm. you could enter any sort of building, and that's something that is you know more difficult. The steps that China took are difficult for the United States to take because we are a democracy. Same with Italy. It was much more difficult. Not only that, China has the infrastructure to handle some of this because of the size of their government. You know, yes. they have the police power, they have the military power, you know, to again, you know, mobilize those people in a different way. And again, they're a much smaller country. Yes, they have a huge population, but they are a much smaller country than we are and they don't have the levels of bureaucracy that we do. Uh, you know, one of the other things that uh, somebody's mentioning, a few people are talking about in the comments section on conservative news today is the fact of the bill that they're trying to pass uh, where small businesses are going to have to pay two thirds of their employees salaries yep. uh, during this time. Uh, and that's it, nuts. That's, yeah. yeah, that's it's, wild. it's nuts. I mean, like as a small business owner myself, I mean, like I don't I mean, I run a digital media company, so we're doing just fine. I mean, like and the people in the supplement industry, people that are selling selling yeah. supplements right now, I'm telling you, they're they're there are certain industries that they are cannot keep enough you know inventory on the shelves but for people who work again in physical industries where you need to go into a bar you own a restaurant or something and you need to pay your employees leave time when you're not allowed to operate your business i mean like that's not even something to comprehend as a business owner no there's you're gonna put people bankruptcy these small businesses have two maybe three weeks tops if that, that they're going to be able to do that and the problem is, is that the way the bill that congress passed the house specifically is written it, it's too flexible because it doesn't clearly define what an employee is it also gives people way too much legroom to where they for just about any reason they could basically stay home they could cough and say hey you know not feeling well i got symptoms i'm going to stay home or you know of course the kids are going to be home you know which is is a very real issue that's a very real problem uh, and so they're gonna have to stay home for that but a small business cannot sustain the salaries of people who are not producing revenue yeah I actually read the entire Healthy Families Act it was I think like 12 pages I did that last night before the show so you're welcome you. so, um, so my, my initial um, take on it was it's full of pork but I actually read through it there's no pork in it the the main issue conservatives have with it is that it's not a federal backed bill it's not coming out of the treasury it's coming out of the small businesses uh pocketbooks and um if you're really concerned about employees having uh you know means by which to support themselves yes they'll be good for all they're sick but they're not gonna have a job to go back to after their business goes yeah, yeah up. support i think i think what the government so what, what instead of forcing a, instead of forcing businesses to pay two-thirds of their employee salary the government should be either you know extending sick leave, you know paying paying the businesses so they can pay the employees their yeah. sick for leave. this yeah, yeah paid out of the incident. unemployment insurance yeah exactly so it's like right. you know the money 
if, if you want the money to go to the employees, the government either can directly give it to them or they can give it to the businesses. But you can't ask businesses to pay money that they likely don't have and money that they're losing right now yeah. because you are forcing well, them imagine, to close down. Imagine you, you, own, you own the cruise lines right now. Like, but yeah. you have to pay everybody that works on your cruise line. No, they're laying people off. I mean, that's what's happening right now. I mean, like you're, you know, when the government comes in and starts to move chess pieces around like this, then it causes a domino effect. It really yeah. does. And you're going to end up with a bunch of people. Out. I mean, it's I, honestly like I was not worried about this as a global as a global problem like a month ago. I really wasn't. But the the reaction that we've had from from social media, from the media, and then from our government, you know, it's it makes me go, you know, we're going to hit a, a hard recession. It's going to be really bad. And I, I'll say I was worried about this because I remember my father works in the financial industry and I remember 2008 very well. And it was just all the, even though this isn't the same situation when it comes to the stock market, because that was nearly a breakdown of the entire banking industry as we know it, but it's still all of the, all of the hallmarks of this isn't that bad. It's not that bad. It's not going to be that bad. It's going to be over soon. We're going to rebound in a couple weeks and then it just keeps going. But this down has felt like the down. opposite. This has felt like this is worse. This is worse. This is terrible. And it keeps going down because of, I don't know if it's because but, of that or just as again, it's people being correct on it because right now you don't have people saying I, I, nobody's tempering expectations right now. Like everyone's being very real about it and being like, I think it's going to be a really hard time. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, a lot of the the plummeting in the stock market mm -hmm. is caused by investors recognizing, like seeing what happened in China, seeing what happened in Italy, and their markets get hit. So they go, well, we need to sell because the cruise lines aren't gonna, you know, aren't gonna be functioning massive. And the the big issue right now with the economy is that, you know, typically you'll see it's the uh, it's the demand that falls for a certain product or an mm -hmm. industry. But right now we're having a supply side breakdown. So when China, who supplies most of our products, most of, you know, a lot, a, I mean, they supply a vast majority of products. No, but it's not it's, a majority, but, but a lot, a lot of them. And it's like, so when those, when we're not able, when the iPhones aren't able to make it to the store, people can't go buy that. Yeah. And again, supply is a problem. Again, it's, I think it's going to hurt China long-term more than it's going to hurt America long-term because I think that people are going to find other supply chains. But I this agree, is the I thing you guys, that. you guys are talking about the stuff that, that needs to be manufactured, right? We're talking mm -hmm. about things that do we really need? Probably not things that we can probably live without. Right. But as, as we're hearing again in the comments section and thanks to everybody who's in the comments section, uh, BizPack review, conservative news today. And of course our own comment section here at the yard sign is, People are panicking at these stores. I mean, there were lines, you know, around the building of Costco. Uh, meanwhile, there's no supply issue. It's not like a, like a hurricane where all of a sudden trucks and the distribution channels are going to be shut down. You know, there's still truckers out there delivering stuff every single day. There's no reason well, why you need to go and hoard a stop. year's worth yeah. of toilet paper. No, I, I don't think I don't. I, they're not going to shut down the the the, the supply chain. Um, you know what? Because again, that all travels by train. It travels by truck. It's not you know you're you're. It's not the same as you know putting a hundred people or two hundred people on an airplane or putting you know, of you know, fifty to one hundred people in a restaurant. You know, so the food's going to be fine. The 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 toilet paper is going to be fine. I mean, I don't think we're going to have the, those kind of supply problems that people think we're going to have. I I don't know. I I think that again. I I've been predicting that this hasn't been that big of a deal. But the, you know, the more and more 
um, panic that seems to arise off of every single day you watch the news, every time a press conference starts, it's like another thing shuts down. And I wouldn't be surprised if they are shutting down grocery stores or something in a few days because they don't want people walking in and there's there's more than 15 people in the room. I mean, like, I don't, I think that's what people are panicking about. And that's why people are worried they're not going to be able to get the supplies they need. It's been entirely self-compounding too. Sure. So the, it's been like a, one thing happens and it spurs, like you were saying, you know, it's, it really, it really is. The the fear is raising in an exponential manner, and I think if we all took a took a breath and kind of took stock of what we have, what we don't have. I mean, imagine a hurricane. We wouldn't have power. We wouldn't have water. We wouldn't have yeah. roads to drive on. We have all that right now in this emergency. We have the means by which to control this and stay alive. Like absolutely, no one's going to die because of <laughs> not uh, lines, because of lack of food lack of water lack of power yeah well the the issue with this here's the thing though when you guys talk about no one's going to die because of the supply lines that's not correct because well in certain in certain respect because you know when you talk about like ventilators being unable to get to hospitals and people they're running short on ventilators and you know the, the i think it was the united kingdom uh, they're out of ICU yeah, seats. They, well, is, that's the big well, thing. Well, I mean, same with Italy, but they were, I mean, yeah. they were making pleas on, you know, national television going, you know, if you make ventilators, we will buy them. Like, please tell us where to get yeah. them. We'll buy, we will buy your product if you can get it to us. Yeah. So, so that's what's scary. Yeah, it, it is scary. I mean, I, Again, I, if you want to watch the news and and be panicked every single day, every single hour, it gets, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. I, again, I do think right now it's going to get worse before it gets better. Absolutely. But I think, you know, for our purposes, again, none of us are, you know, have the – have the CDC title behind our name, so you know we'll we'll sit here from our chairs and you know and try and collect our toilet paper and then move on to the yeah. uh, what, move on to the next topic. Yeah. Well, what what I'll say is that that's with this you know with this pandemic is that in the United States with the, all the precautions that we're taking, it's unfortunate that I just feel like if if a mass amount of people don't die, people are all going to look and go. You know, oh well, it wasn't that bad. Why did we even stop it? For why no did we? Who. Yeah, yeah why did we even stop at everything? But meanwhile, it's like, well, if no, if not that many people die, maybe we save them. Like maybe what we're doing helped. And, but I don't think Americans maybe. have that mentality. So, I don't think the majority of Americans. I, do. I think and they do. Sad, I think that maybe the majority of Americans in your household don't. And that's I'm actually kind of glad. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> that's a, the problem. As a final thought on this, Britain's actually only isolating people that are 60 years of age and older, and telling everyone else to live life as normal and not to serve their economy so i think that'll be a and very I, and again i agree be a very with that. valuable control as far as to see if we did the right thing or not here i mean it won't be fruitful to judge <laughs> yeah. afterwards I, because you, but it'll give us an insight for yeah. the future how to behave and how to treat these and, and if, if i was you know in charge that that would be what i would suggest to do i mean yeah, again this, this is this is a disease that doesn't actually they they haven't even had cases in kids like no deaths in children but we're, we've shut down all the schools i mean obviously there's a lot of workers and stuff like that but you know again to to completely collapse the economy over something that affects you know a, a I don't want to be like a small portion of the of the world, but yeah. you know, again, risk I, I would benefit. I would be looking at more towards UK. What are then, we willing to sacrifice as far as our economy goes yeah. in order to prevent this thing from and, doing and, minute amounts of well, damage? And let's talk about let's talk about I the student loan situation that, that that goes I, into this. I wanted to say well, one <laughs> yeah. one last thing on the coronavirus is just for yeah for everyone to just remember that it is you know, to look out for a fever and to look out for a dry cough. That's those are the main symptoms <laughs> to look for. <laughs>
That's all. <laughs> I don't think we should be giving out any kind of medical advice, advice on this program. Well, that's, I mean, that's what I heard from the CDC, so I think that's important. Visit cdc.gov uh, for yeah, any yeah, uh, symptoms in, uh, regarding COVID-19 or coronavirus. Uh, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. This is called The Yard Sign. For those of you catching us for the first time, big thanks to BizPack Review and Conservative News Today for carrying our program. We are a group of young conservatives and Republicans uh, broadcasting live from Tampa Bay, Florida. We appreciate you watching, and thanks for the lively comments section. Uh, no, Cody, it is not time to start eating the babies yet, uh, but I'm sure we'll get there at some point. Uh, you know, we, we had a lot of fun in the show. We talk about news and politics, very serious topics, but we like to keep it lighthearted, and we like to you know keep it interesting, and so uh, thank you to everybody again uh, for sending us comments please uh feel free to to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms uh it's a yard sign on just about every platform you can think of uh we want to know how you enjoyed the show maybe you didn't like the show uh you know this is a test run for us especially with biz pack review and conservative news today on board uh let's go ahead back to the list of topics uh just to get you guys caught up we were just talking about coronavirus the president's response now we're going to get into student loans uh the president signing an executive order to halt all interest rates on student loans uh you know funny enough uh, the the democrats were making a big issue out of student loans uh during their their primary uh and uh this may have taken the wind out of that sale i think this was i don't know if it was necessary but it was a really huge move that i don't think got anywhere near the amount of attention that it should have shockingly um how about you guys what do you think yeah i mean <laughs> i could probably do an entire hour on the problems with student loans what what I will say is that during this time, again, I think that, you know, interest rates on student loans, I mean, if you look at like I mean, when I was in school, they're around six percent, maybe even six per five six point five, seven percent. So um, you know, I, I'm surprised to see anybody really having a, a huge problem with this. But, you know, for the people who are paying back their student loans, most of the people in our age bracket, that, you know, a relief of maybe like fifty to a hundred dollars to a couple hundred dollars a month based on just the interest being cut in half or or you know, relieved for a little while. I mean, I think it's a good move. And and again, I think it could be something that is, you know, we're we're looking at we're talking about Democratic primary that is talking about eliminating all of the student loans that are on the books, right? So in comparison to what what's being done right now, I mean, again, there's there's a big difference between relieving people who are trying to do their best to to pay back their student loans and a big difference between you know, eliminating all student loans. Absolutely, and I think that this is, don't let, as a lot of Democrat strategists have, have said, don't ever let a good crisis go to waste, and this is a good crisis for them. So yeah. in order to, uh, using this to backdoor something like uh, student loan forgiveness for everybody, blanket across the board, we can't let it happen. I mean, it's it really is, yeah. it's it's gross to, to attempt to bring these kind of things into politics. like. Relief is one thing. Forgiveness is another. Like, relief people, make sure they don't starve. Make sure they have yeah. a way to, you know, survive. Um, other than that, you're, you're just checking off your political wish list on the, the back of a virus. Yeah, there, there's just a lot of different repayment options. And, you know, there are even repayment options that exist where they cut your loan uh, interest in half. That already exists. So the fact that they're applying it now more broadly... Again, it, it's it is something that has been not as covered as much, but I think it's going to be a huge relief to people in our in our in our age range. I mean, I would hope so, but I do feel like people are still going to they want their loans forgive, forgiven. Bernie promised that, and you have you know especially the Bernie Bros out there that are not going to back down on we want our student loans. You know, we want them completely forgiven. We want them paid off. I don't want to pay it, and it's just you know there are. 
so many different options for how, like you said, that how yeah. we can pay it back. And I don't, I don't, I agree with Chris that it's not the right move for us to just forgive everyone's student loans. Yeah, but again, in this time of crisis, like if we're going to help out, you know, Wall Street, you know, doing, you know, different financial maneuvers, like this is a financial maneuver that we can do to alleviate people that actually need it. I mean, again, that's what everybody always complains about on the left and even on the right, you know, is that, you know, we don't see the aid that happens at you know at the lower income brackets in the middle middle class and the this one is, this percent is, the one percent get the aid but the you know yeah but the and lower this is class this doesn't. is directly in the pockets of people that are you know probably middle very middle class you know again just got out of college they're trying to pay them back these aren't people that are defaulted this is people that are doing again doing their best to try and you know work but again if you're let's say you just left college six months ago I mean I know so many people that that got out around the 08 you know recession crisis and they weren't getting jobs right afterwards right so they got into the worst economy in almost sorry i think we're probably in definitely in our lifetimes and their lifetimes that was me and that yeah. was exactly yeah. you, so you could talk about it and so it's very hard to get a job so again if you have student loans that start accumulating six months after you get out of school but then you walk into a you know an economy where no one's hiring you i mean again these are the these are the people that need relief not really a holiday would be the best way to go about it but that's that's the holiday. thing about this no, is that I love the fact that they're holiday. not oh. they're not saying you don't pay your student loans. They're saying, hey, look, we realize things are going to get tough, right? Money's going to get tight, and trust me, everybody is starting to suffer financially from this one way or another. Uh, let's do what we can to to help you, you know, kind of weather this storm. And I think by cutting off the interest rates, I think is a huge deal. Well, it's it's thousands of dollars in savings for the people who are paying for them, you know. And and yeah, I, you know, if you paid your student loans years ago and you didn't get that interest rate cut, you know, I mean, those are the breaks, you know. But it's also, you know, like when you buy a house and you get a high interest rate, you know, hopefully you can refinance at some point. But if you already paid off the house, I mean, you paid off the house. You just got to move on. Yeah. So I think that's, that's probably good on that. You know, I think we've set our piece and we can probably go on to the next topic. Yeah. So, uh, again, you know, it's just it's touching so much that uh, we, you know, we also were talking about the stock bailouts. Now, we kind of went in the wrong order here. That's my bad. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the impact the impact that this has had on the economy and, of course, the stock market is, has been tremendous. Um, you know, personally, I'm excited by seeing some of the, the stock prices that are out there right now. I mean, when you're looking at Disney stock at about 100 bucks a share, you're looking at uh, Facebook that's under $200, you know, it's hovering around 150 uh, You know, it's exciting if you've got the expendable money to jump in and, and throw it in right now. Um, but, uh, you know, is this something that I think uh, are we going to easily recover from? I think so. You guys? I think it's going to be a lot like 08 you know not in it not exactly the same but in the sense that out of the 08 recession and you start getting into 09 but in 2010 people there are some people that are going to come out extremely wealthy out of the situation oh right? yeah there's going to be yeah. people that this is that, how rich get rich this is how this is when it happens like there as much as you know people want to look at it and be like you know woe is me like my my business is is crumbling i'm going bankrupt but whatever it is like there's going to be so many people who look at this as an opportunity they're going to start new businesses they're going to buy up cheap businesses they're going to buy up cheap stocks and do that and they're going to expand their wealth um exponentially out of something like this and and again you're going to see all kinds of stories like that and the key difference between who is going going to be able to expand their wealth and who is going to have a really tough time in this economy is it, it's who had savings and 60% of Americans don't have any savings zero savings and that is you know and, and unfortunately they're going to suffer 
But for the Americans who did save their money, who did work on putting it away, you know, and I understand that not everybody is able to do that. There are some people that have to live paycheck to paycheck. But even if you, you know, you were able to put a little bit of money away, it can add up. And those people now are looking at this as a huge opportunity. It's dinner. Yeah, you know, it's the to invest. I mean, the you know the crew. I'm not gonna give stock advice, but you know, the, <laughs> there are certain there are certain industries that are crumbling, but they will yeah. they will rebound. I don't yeah. I don't believe this is gonna be. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not gonna be a great depression. I mean, we're not gonna have like a decade of depression. I think we're gonna have again we're gonna have it's gonna be a down i would say rest of the year you know at least and then maybe you start pick up the year after the year after that but again like we've been going up like at, a, at an unprecedented pace from a stock market perspective for the last yeah. 13 15 years something mm -hmm. like that i mean it's it was bound to come down at some point right but i mean the fact what's what's a little bit crazy to me is the way that it all came about with just the virus being the thing that yeah, sparked it. Not but that. you know, people have been predicting that there is this massive fall and in, in a new recession that for, there was going to be a correction. Yeah. yeah, there's got to be. There, there has to be correction. To be. But it wasn't for the reasons people thought. And first yeah, of all, wasn't. Michelle, when you're at this table, you can put on whatever hat you want. <laughs> for badge certification, you want to wear, you're allowed to do it. It's part of the thing at this table. Well, I'm That's gonna, right. yeah. I'm, I'm, earlier, I was uh, the C, you know the the infectious disease expert. Now I'll give you stock advice. Yeah, you Okay. All that. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I'm a political scientist, a journalist. I mean, all the things that I like to say. That. <laughs> Regarding the this. American economy, I think that <laughs> the uptick we're going to see is going to be more of a uh, straight up. Like It's kind of falling down yeah. precipitously. It's going to go up in the same way to a certain degree. So the reason I think that is because imagine the American economy is like a hot rod. You went from a Honda Civic to, you know, we had a Ferrari economy, you know, a couple months ago, you know? So the machine is yeah. there. The machine ran out of gas. The, the machine had mechanical issues. We have yeah. the infrastructure in our economy to be able to rebound from this very, very quickly. Um, the, the thing, the fault that I see is that people, the, the way things are being run currently, what, up until a few months ago, they were very, very healthy. We had the, the resources in the right hands. The right people were running things the correct way. But because of the financial issues that are going to happen, the people who are doing that responsibly are going to not have control of business anymore. They're, they're going to lose. Yeah, what I, what I don't want to see is what I, what I already am seeing on the left, which is calling for an entire revolution and new system that like everything we have is broken look at how bad things are now which is kind of what you're starting to see from your, your bernie bros and the people that are on that side they're sitting there and saying like oh if we had universal health care things would be better right yeah. now no if, if if things were you know again federal government was bigger and we were able to handle i mean all of those different things that they've been trying to like pass for years they're using this as an excuse to say like look how broken the system was but like you're saying you know, running out of gas in a Ferrari isn't the same as like needing a new car, right? Exactly. It's like you, so, can, yeah. you just need to fix it. The point I was getting at is if I ran your business after you went out of business and I sure. bought your business, I wouldn't be able to run it the same way you can. I don't have that knowledge, that human capital. If you yeah. I can't make job, watches, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I see some damage to our economy because of that. But otherwise, I think we should have a very, very healthy economy yeah. once the air clears. Yeah, I, yeah this is... Again, it's, it's the Ferrari's not even broken. You know, it's just people panic that you know that there were issues. People yeah. were just you know, and it's because because of you know the a virus came over to the Ferrari. Really, that's the only way to say it. Okay, but, but to bring it back to the topic, you know, was it the right thing to do to inject money into this in into the economy or the stock market? So, no, I, mean, I hate that. So this is this is a, a kind of a touchy subject because again, as as libertarians, like we're kind of like you know the government shouldn't be coming in and putting money into something like this. Uh, people kind of think that we came in and the headline 
headline has been that the the Fed has come in and put 1.5 trillion dollars into the system, which is just not accurate to what actually happened. It doesn't actually cost them any money. What they've done is they've they've backed certain loans, and which is not the same as you know giving 1.5 trillion dollars out to corporations. So it's a little bit different. Um, you know, again, they've they've been taking a lot of flack for it. Um, I don't think they should have bailed out the the stock market the last time around. They probably shouldn't bail them out this time. Again, it's it should we shouldn't have inflated numbers. But you know, again, they're doing what they can to kind of stop the bleeding here and there. And I'm not going to pretend to be you know the the head of the the federal you know uh, treasury to to give you an answer on it. So. A quantitative easing bill yeah. just passed, adding $80 billion, uh, $80 billion to the U.S. currency volume. Uh, our current volume before that was $1,571 billion. So essentially, those dollars are now worth about 5% less. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. your savings account, your savings account, my savings account is now, per we cannot purchase less goods of the dollar sure. than we did before, which is why quantitative easing is one of the worst financial yeah, financial policies ever to exist. I hated it when Obama did it, <laughs> and now I hate that Trump has done it. And while I don't like that, I do think that you know, with these businesses having such, with the economy having such problems, and specifically, like you know, you look at a, like a lot of industries, they're going to have to you know lay off so many people because of the mm -hmm. because of the economy and because of the because the virus has hit us so bad. And it's hard for me to look at it and say, we just shouldn't do anything. We shouldn't bail yeah. them out. We have to do something to, you know, to stop the bleeding and to, you know, and to just give some relief. And in 2008, as much as I agree that it caused inflation and I don't like, you know, a lot of the issues that came from it, I do think that we had to do it in 2008. I don't think that we had any other option. Yeah, and, and now I think we have to do something as and well. And it's one of those things we talk about, you know, even 10 years later and we look back and you cannot get a consensus on whether or not it was a good move or it was a bad move, most which people, is kind of crazy. I know, most people I know in the financial industry. Well, of course, in the they, people in the financial they all, industry they all do. Yeah, but yeah. well, those are the people that were most involved. They do think that, that, oops, that that's what we should have done. <laughs> and I think now I... I, I like that it wasn't a straight cash injection that we were, you know, backing the loans. So I do like that move a bit better than if we had just given a but, straight but cash injection. I wouldn't put it past them to, to, put, go, and do it. to go and do it in, in maybe a month or two. No, so and now, it, now you have I no mean, idea what's going to happen. And that's yeah. one thing is it's a very politically expedient policy. Yeah. Like, if something good happens, great, I did it. If something bad happens, well, sorry, it didn't work as planned. But this really goes to the conservative a philosophy yeah. of having reserves. Yeah. You as a person, a school district as a person, a state government yep. as a per, as a as an organization yeah. have reserves. Don't spend beyond your means. You should always yeah. have 10% of your yearly income in reserve for situations like this. Yeah, and, and we don't require corporations to do such a thing and we don't require, you know, not that we we should, but you know, it's like we don't even advise, <laughs> you know, corporate. No. There's so many how many Silicon Valley um, companies are running on a completely negative, you know, uh, business model yeah. basically, right? So there's there's a lot of issues here again everybody's kind of leveraged in different ways I, again i think that we could we could sit back here and, and go back and forth on what well, what the best move is for it but it, it again it's very nuanced and it's very complicated well something i really hate though Rural that i've seen here. is that the yeah. Is, yeah something i really hate though from the left that i've seen is them is them going 
oh, well, if they're bailing out the stock markets with 1.5 trillion, we should be able to have universal health care. Yeah. It's like, this is not a one-to-one comparison. Don't go, don't sit there and go, well, if you gave us health care, you know, everything yeah, would be better. Be like, it's not, here. this isn't the same thing. One of them and, allows goods and services to continue to be made. The other one does well, not. Well, and it's like, it's this attitude of, we don't want to see bailouts go to Wall Street yeah. again. And it's like, but those bailouts are trying to help their employees to not lose their yeah. jobs. And what I, so if they just went and laid everyone off, you'd be mad too. You know, it's it is as much as you don't like the way it looks. You mm-hmm. know, to go to the big bank or not yeah. big banks, but the big industries, you still don't want to see what employees I, get laid what off. What I don't want to see more than anything out of this entire global pandemic is that we get we end up with new entitlement programs, which is what I can see happening, especially oh, yeah. if trying. Trump ends They're up trying. losing the election. Is that you you go into these situations and because there's a mass overreaction, we end up with this massive new entitlement program, and that's what I don't want to see at all. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, again, thank you everybody for watching the Yard Sign. It's the most important and relevant podcast in politics. Uh, for those of you joining for the first time, we appreciate the support from BizPack Review and Conservative News Today. If you'd like an audio version of the show, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, and Spotify. Uh, please make sure to subscribe to the show. Uh, give us a nice rating, if you will. And for those of you watching for the first time, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, you know, this is obviously kind of a pilot run for us. Uh, not only, uh, you know, is this a fairly new show, we, we're less than a year old, uh, but this is our first time working with BizPack Review and Conservative News Today, and uh, this has been an amazing partnership that we're really excited about, and we'd love to continue to uh, see this grow. Uh, again, lots to talk about today. We're going to go ahead and shift uh, the coronavirus conversation to blame, uh, you know, which is now, uh, of course, we heard early on that uh, the virus originated in Wuhan, China. And uh, now in, in an offensive, we see China now trying to build a narrative that this virus somehow uh, started, was created and developed here in the United States. Uh, you know, is this uh, a continued fracturing of the relationship between China and the U.S.? Uh, or are they just trying to uh, just just displace blame here? Yeah, I mean, They have to spin it to their, you know, they have a communist regime over there. They have to spin it so that it's not their fault, right? I mean, like, it's not like that complicated. They're just all, they're kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall right now, right? They're like, oh, it was the U.S. Army. They brought it in. And so, again, you can, we we talked about a little bit earlier on the show, but like they've come out, they've said, you know, it's not our fault. The United States made it. And then we're like sitting around like, what are you talking about? Like this happened like right in Wuhan yeah. this is what like there's a I'm pretty sure there is like a biochemical I'm not aware uh, of a whole lot of US army installations in Wuhan yeah. well the point is again these open air markets are responsible for you know multiple different viruses in the past um, you know de- couple decades and again it's makes sense right like you're like you have open air markets with all kinds of different exotic meats that they're not keeping in a sanitary condition and viruses happen, right? So it's like, instead of that being discussed as like a very logical issue, you know, usually when it comes to these type of things, the most logical and the most simple explanation is the one that you should go with. And that seems like a really logical and simple explanation. The funny part to me is like, when you like, the reasoning they've put out as, so like, this is not our fault, this is someone else's fault. 
an average fifth grader could probably pick through the the ideological faults in their their claims in about 15 minutes and this is the chinese government trying to prop yeah. up these stupid conspiracy theories but you know again they don't want to be blamed globally and they kind of are because they are at blame but they don't want to be um you know blamed globally for not reacting in the right way again they tried to hide it we talked about it for weeks on this show about them hiding this virus about them hiding the numbers and stifling doctors and um you know stopping them from coming out and speaking about how bad it actually is so they were trying to keep this under wraps for weeks and which is the reason why it's expanded so exponentially because instead of there being uh work on vi- on vaccines and works on working on uh, you know being prepared for these types of things we've all been sitting around being like oh, i guess not that bad because the chinese government's been kind of like suppressing the whole thing they really dropped the ball on us yeah. It, yeah and it's like the more that they keep saying it's the united states fault the army brought it the more it makes you think <laughs> i'm pretty sure something happened in wuhan and it's your fault yeah you know and it's it the as a whole the chinese government what they you know at the beginning of it, it they did not handle it no. well at all, but they were able to, you know, kind of contain it and eventually, you know, bring it down because of their because they have such a massive. Well, yeah, because you know, they were government. able to to put shoveling dirt yeah. around around the city of Wuhan and, so and keep people in it and actually physically <laughs> yeah. quarantine them. I mean, I guess it's an effective method. <laughs> yeah, I think they were actually it? welding people inside of their houses at some point. I, yeah. yeah, that's it's you know, and it's that's it's terrifying and it's you know the whole situation situation in china is it's very scary well, that's what i'll say about this this whole situation in america scares me is the fact that we are we have this massive federal government that's coming in and stepping on our throats and basically saying you need to stop this stop this stop this and while they haven't you know basically come in and forced you to sit in your home and well did you shut but they're you know we're not that much farther from that and that you know that's what worries me about this is that that think your personal liberties and your personal freedoms can be taken like that over a virus yeah and i again i understand that and it is it is scary but what i what i think about with this is what would we do if that would we think about this differently if it was sarin gas if it was you know if that sarin gas or if uh anthrax had been released and we knew well, we had anthrax well, and we didn't shut no, down no, schools but, no no but if we knew that it was being released like in the air by another government if yeah. it was like if it was an act of war by like, say it was the Chinese government that was attacking us with sarin gas. Would we be so lax in saying? I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave that for the comment section I'm because gonna, I'm not well, gonna follow I'm you asking, down that rabbit hole. For the ten minutes that we have well, left. To, to your point, though, that the Chinese government wouldn't be like, "You did this to us." Well, let's just slide this time. They would be doing something about it, and that's yeah. kind of one of those things where a five-year-old or a fifth grader could. Pick through the logic and be like, no, this is stupid. You're you're making dumb claims. Yeah. So well, you know, and, and and so far, the experts that have kind of looked into this and have done the research and are out there trying to hit the media with with scientific information on all this, so far have said that this was a naturally occurring virus that did originate out of China. You know, but they they're trying to dispel the rumors. And again, it's hard to believe right now in the middle of all this, kind of what to believe and what not to believe. Um, but so far, there doesn't seem to be any any indication that this was. A biological weapon no so i i'd rather you know move on because we spent almost an hour on coronavirus which i know yeah. it's obviously we cannot get away from the I topic i hate that we yeah. have to but, do it but i want so bad to get to the next topic <laughs> that, <laughs> oh that yeah i want to leave all the time we can to talk about andrew gillen <laughs> well it's not the next topic we have the democratic uh, debate as the next topic. i don't want to talk about democratic debate 
Biden's gonna win. Biden wins. Bernie Bros are mad. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a debate that nobody watched. I mean, if you want to jump into the topic, there was a debate that nobody watched because, again, the the delegates are kind of already decided, right? We've kind of all decided that Biden's gonna win. Bernie's gonna kind of gotten screwed out of his 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 position again and and lose the primary. So it looks like Biden's gonna end up being the nominee again. It's kind of taken a back seat to what the um, you know what's going on around the rest of the country right now. But, again, I don't know how much there is really to talk about. I mean, Biden Okay, the so the big question out of the debate from last night, because it looks like, at least from what I was following on Twitter and what I'm seeing in uh, on social media, is that Biden pretty much swept the floor with Bernie. Um, that I mean, it was a horrible, disastrous debate for Bernie. Um, and of course, Bernie bros all up in arms. They are angry. Um, and they're saying they're going to jump ship like they did last time and 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 defect or not vote for Biden, uh, being that now he's kind of the presumptive nominee. Right. Um, and, and again, is this is this just lead to the inevitable reelection of the president? So I was actually pretty proud of Bernie last night. He usually combs his hair with a balloon, and uh, this time it was actually relatively well uh, conformed to his head. Um, Biden, though, came after him pretty hard with the whole anti-socialism thing. Yeah. One of the first segments was Biden. You think and they would have opened with that like a year ago? Yeah, right. <laughs> I think saving the best for last. Yeah. But um, um, talking about the coronavirus, they were Biden came out and he said, "Italy has single payer. It's not doing them a damn's worth of good right now." And yeah. Bernie was like, that was but they don't have a system. They don't have a system in place. It's like, we have, we do have a system. It's run by people who are motivated by profit, so they have to do a good job or else they lose their business. Yeah. Um, there goes your <laughs> your communist uh, Well, that, you know, theory, it showed. Bernie. Well, I think, you know, the, the, the clear issue there that we saw on that particular topic was that now Biden's kind of turning the narrative that has been of the Democratic Party for a long time, which is let's give Medicare for all and for for Biden to turn on that and say, you know what, you know, Medicare is broken. It's not going to work. Single payer is not going to work. Shows that they don't even believe in the health care messaging that they've been putting out for all well, these I don't years. Think, I don't think Biden's camps believes in that. I think that the, there is a half of the Democratic Party that does very much believe in that. I think it was great for Biden to come out and to be firm that, like, you know, I he's, he's saying I am I don't believe that we should have Medicare for all. I'm moderate, and he he really took that moderate stance that I think will resonate. And I said on the on the podcast, you know, a while ago that I thought the only candidate that had a chance at beating Trump was Biden because a lot of people look at him and say, you know. Like, we liked Obama. Obama's, you know, America was fine for us. So, you know, we like Joe Biden. And so Biden represents a return to normalcy. And by and also by saying that he doesn't want to go in, you know, have a complete resolution, not resolute, revolution and break down all these systems. He is essentially, he's, you know, furthering that narrative of I'm going to return the country Normal. Well, but, but you're right. Attack, but the, but really. the point you're making, Michelle, is the right one, which is that they knew the Democratic Party realized that if they allowed Bernie to get this nomination, that they were go no longer going to be the Democratic Party as we know it. And they would have to adopt a socialist platform. And I think that's that scared them as much as it scares any of us, you know, because they realize that they've gone off the deep end. Yeah, abs absolutely. And. The, yeah, for I want to talk about Democrats going off the deep end, though. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's all I want to get to. We, I don't know why all we right. saved this for last. 
Last thing though, I because mean, it's the juiciest story. Didn't of the it night. feel good for like Biden to say that? And you're like, I've been saying this for years. Yeah, it, <laughs> it very much. It, and here's the thing: is why I think Biden had has the best chance of being Trump is because there are Republicans out there that don't like Trump. And I think, especially if you're a swing voter and you're looking at this, you're gonna go, "Man, I'm really sick of Trump's, you know, Twitter dominating the headlines." And Biden's really not all that different. I think who he picks as VP will be is very, very important because I remember when John McCain ran. Maybe he'll pick Andrew Sarah Gillum. Palin was maybe. Yeah, he, yeah they were they were Andrew floating Gillum. Andrew Gillum <laughs> as the VP. I will say All that. All right, that let's was, go into that. They? <laughs> they were floating him, and that's why, Johnny, if you want to intro this so I can just get to it. All right, here we go. All right, again, thank you so much for watching The Yard Sign, everybody. Uh, the most important and relevant podcast in politics. Uh, welcome to uh, our new friends at BizPack Review and Conservative News Today. We love all the comments and uh, certainly the shout-outs. Christy in Washington, Mike in Ohio. Uh, love you guys for watching. Thank you so much. Uh, the lively comment section has certainly been fun to watch tonight keith and noel thanks for the love uh you guys have been awesome thank you for being so welcoming to this new show uh on these platforms uh and, and again we do this every monday night seven o'clock right here live on Ish. facebook and youtube and uh and then you can also get the audio version on any of the major podcast platforms apple google and spotify uh andrew gillum the topic of the day especially here in florida uh man despite all of the news that has been coming out about coronavirus and all the you know it has basically flooded the news cycle this story has gotten an immense amount of attraction uh, of, of attraction of coverage i mean even uh some of the european outlets have been writing about andrew gillum getting this busted be- in a hotel room in uh miami beach with uh drugs uh a gay prostitute what else well, yeah, as Johnny introed, I mean, this is this has been such a, a fun week for Republicans to, to kind of come back, <laughs> especially in Florida, because we spent like a year during a governor's race sitting there and telling you, like, vote for Ron DeSantis, pay attention, like, you don't want this Gillum guy, he's corrupt, he's got these problems and everything, and then... I mean, what did they do? They just like lambasted Republicans for a year going into this about how terrible Ron DeSantis is. Well, look how Ron DeSantis is doing, by the way. He's unamazing. And look at where Andrew Gillum is right now. Okay, so this is a guy who's had every chance in the world, right? I mean, now he's a a CNN commentator, right? And then he's also, you know, again, he wouldn't give any of his money back that he raised from his his campaign. So he was going to run a bunch of – he's probably still actually going to fund a bunch of uh, Democratic candidates around the state of Florida where we live. And again, to watch this just go up in absolute flames is is just been great to sit back, get the popcorn, and let the um, you know let the news headlines roll in. Because Candace Owens, by the way, was the one who broke this story because she had the the actual report, police report, police all the report. affidavits. And she had a well placed friend. She had a very well placed <laughs> friend. And what came out of that was exactly what Johnny said. If you're not familiar with this story yet, Andrew Gillum was found at the Mondrian in South Beach, um, a very nice hotel, and he. He had uh, two men in the room as well. This is late into the, the wee hours of the morning. Um, they found a couple of bags of meth, and then one of them was a gay escort. One, so, of, the, one of them, over, the reason the police were called is because yeah. one of them uh, overdosed. And, and Andrew Gillum was so intoxicated that he couldn't respond. Couldn't talk to, to the police. Now, and, what amazes me is that as intoxicated as he was, they didn't test him for drugs. No, I mean, I, I they mean, don't have a crime to do no that. No arrest was made. 
I they do you do need to commit a crime to be tested. But if there's meth, possession of possession of meth, I thought was a crime. I do actually think Seriously. that I don't when think it comes to unless you're driving. I think in the the law regarding like HIPAA and things like that, and some of the laws we mm-hmm. passed in, the, in Florida to uh, kind of like coddle drug users. Um, essentially, if you're called for an overdose, uh, a medic. Mm-hmm. There is protection in place where you can't be arrested for what's going on because they want to be able to treat that person, keep them from dying, and people wouldn't call for EMS help yeah. if they had the fear of being prosecuted. And so I think that, that law might be in place to protect them. Um, as the great Rick James once said, <laughs> cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> And this guy, I mean, he's this is this is a massively scandalous story though. Like there is a reason why it got picked up in like the Daily Mail, like over in the UK and everything, well, right? But you know where it didn't get picked up very much was CNN because it's very sorry. embarrassing for them because they have more egg on their face than they've already had. They have one of their they've been put the Democrats have been pushing this guy again, mentioned as VP of forever was going to be nominated, right? This is that's how high of a profile this guy is in the Democratic Party. They wanted him so bad to be the new Obama. They really did. That's what they've been pushing for for years now. And for him to just get again to get caught very literally with his pants down yeah. and a ton of meth in a hotel in South Beach, like we have been laughing. I love to troll. I've been trolling Andrew Gillum on like uh, on on Instagram for like a year now because it, like he always posts this like ridiculous stuff and he thinks he's a troll. I mean, you've literally his career has crashed and burned. I mean, he went to rehab for alcohol. Which, again, is a ridiculous excuse. I mean, you haven't even addressed the fact that there's meth and gay prostitutes in <laughs> the room. Just that you aside. You have to talk about that. But no, you're just going to be like, no, I have a drinking problem. I've been really now, depressed since I lost. Was the gay prostitute also the porn actor? Was it the same yeah, guy? Yeah, same okay. one, I think. I, I believe. Uh, I mean, there was another, he's, he's, he's another a versatile, male. very versatile actor. If I was, if I was Ron DeSantis, I would have came out and said... <laughs> You know, my grandma said a hurt dog will holler, but uh, you know, I don't. I didn't do meth with a gay prostitute. This is why I should be your governor. At least oh he's God. still working during coronavirus. So at least some industries are still alive and well. Okay, but this is the craziest <laughs> thing about all of this because the money that he had left over from the yeah. campaign, left over from the campaign. Okay, that John honestly, Morgan wanted back could have made the difference in him winning the campaign. Let's get that very clear. We were almost in recount territory, and he sat on the millions of dollars that he could have used in that campaign to win it, didn't, put it into this slush fund, or as Noah Pransky likes to call, a zombie campaign, okay, and and, and then disguised it as a voter outreach effort, uh, which he made himself the face of, uh, you know, and, and then now for all of that to come crashing down. I mean, again, anybody that saw this knew, I mean, this was a cash grab yeah yeah and we this is cash grab we have been warning you guys if you paid any attention to young republicans to republicans in florida for the past year again democrats are very quiet right now um on i don't see them on facebook mentioning this they're not they're not sharing the story and being like we need to get rid of this guy out of the party they're saying they're yeah. saying very, very quiet right now and Most very interesting. They're, they're quarantined. Thoughts and prayers. They're yeah. like, oh, no, we're, we're just quarantining ourselves because of the coronavirus. <laughs> but no, they don't want to come talk about this. Most Look, of them are pointing to other Republicans that have had, you know, issues in the past and saying, oh, well, look at what he yeah. did. Look at what, you know, at his history. But, you know, it's that's not answering the questions <laughs> about what Andrew Gillum did and how how are you going to treat him in your party? Like, is he going to be able to waltz back into his job after he finishes rehab? He's still keeping his job at CNN, I guarantee it's, you that. And that's, wa- that's wild to me. I, that's wild. Well, this I, is the horrible Republicans thing. Republicans never got to keep their jobs when this when stuff like well, this and we oust, when, when Republicans have something like this happen, we oust the person in the party, right? We do not stand behind people that go and do something like that. Like, nobody seems to
seems to, you know, they like to make a ton of news headlines around this. Like the, the guy Whoa. from Alabama, what's his face? Or, I wouldn't you know, say and then that. the one that Roy Moore. Roy Moore, or like one of those guys, or um, uh, some of the other Sanford said, in South Carolina. Sa- some of these guys that have come out and done some morally reprehensible things. Right. We throw them off the boat immediately and we're like because we know yeah. as republicans okay. like we we have to throw them off the boat well we, wait we do have to address the fact that you're saying that but trump is still the president and that's the not that's party. not what we're talking about at no, all no i know we're but yeah but the, while that, they're in office no, no I'm, talk, I I'm talking about yeah. the fact that there are all of these people when they do something morally reprehensible we get them out of the party and we kick them out of the party what's not happening here is democrats completely they should be kicking them out of the party and yeah. that's not what we're seeing they right should, now the they very, should be condemning they should, him yeah at the very least i would like to see some condemnation for his actions. No, and look, yeah, this should. is a horrible thing for their family, right? You know, and so th- th- they're going to suffer the most in all of this. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, like you said, he's going to come out, and then they're going to they're going to carry him on his shoulders and be like, "Oh, look, he's okay now. Like he can come back and join us in the real world because you know he's done his rehab time." And you know, the truth of the matter is, is that none of this is new. Okay, and this is not now. popular. This okay. is not popular to say. And 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 as as all of you know, I have what. The kids call no chill. And so I have no problem saying that this is something that has been well known since he was in college in Tallahassee going to Florida State. They knew that he had these problems. They knew that he was prone to drug yeah. use. They knew that he was uh, that he may not be playing for the same team. Okay. Like all these things are are are, are have been out there for years and it's yeah. stuff that nobody wants to talk about until now when it explodes in everybody's face and they wonder, oh, how did we get here? Yeah, Unless well we, we we're we're up. we're enjoying all of this as much as we can and again we're gonna we're gonna revel in this for a little while but we do need to wrap it up and kind of get to our our final final comments let's just make it clear though that we we're not you know on andrew gillum's case because you know it's because he's gay or you know maybe not gay but what because he has sex (laughs) maybe having sex with men it is the it's the drug use that is that's more of the issue than anything and and it's it's the lying it's the fact that you know, I think if he was more open about who he was and just said, yeah, this is what I do. And that's what we like about Trump, honestly, is that he just owns who he is, says, this is who I am. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. And take it or leave it. Whereas yeah. Andrew Gillum tries to play the good guy in this you know, perfect image when it's not that's not who he truly is. Yeah. By the way, a quick shout out. Uh, if you want to learn more about this story and Andrew Gillum, go to bizpackreview.com. They have their story there. Thanks to our friends at BizPack Review. Again, for carrying the show today, new conservative news today as well. Uh, again, for more information on this uh, Andrew Gillum story, go to bizpackreview.com. All right. Well, it's uh, been an exciting show. It's been a great show. Yeah, I had a, I had a good time t- today. Again, I was, we got to talk about um, Andrew Gillum. It's been a lot of fun for me this week. But other than that, um, again, <laughs> really, really care about this. It's, it's because again, because of all of the the hate that we got for like a whole year being running against him. That's why I've been excited to, to talk about that story. But so basically, what I want to end the show on. You know, from a you know from a final announcements. Um, you know, again, everything is canceled right now <laughs> at Tampa Bay Young Republicans. We do technically have an event scheduled on the 30th at the Barrymore Hotel downtown Tampa. Um, we're going to do a women across generation, conservative women across generations. I don't know if that's going to happen right now. Uh, it looks like everything's getting canceled, but as of right now, we're 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 staying strong on on keeping that that event. But if not, again, um, thanks to BizPack. Thanks to everybody else that watches. Thanks to everyone that supports the show. Uh, Tampa Young Republicans, Florida Federation of Young Republicans, and then the National Young Republicans as well. All right, Michelle, anything on your uh, on your radar? 
Um, I would just, uh, I would just like to say thank you to BizPack again, and uh, I hope everyone stays safe and stays healthy. Christopher Kylan. All right, so I, we've had so many comments in the comments section, so thank you all. Our new audience is awesome. I'm, I love having you guys on board. Yeah. Uh, look forward to your participation next week. We'll have the, um, we'll have the show promoted a little bit more thoroughly ahead of time. Um, in the meantime, take up woodworking and hunting. You'll have uh, a, a, fr- <laughs> a fridge full of meat and furniture to, to cut it apart on. So, woodworking and hunting. Yeah, all great solo uh, sports. So um, thank you for, for watching. See you next week. All right. And again, thank you so much for watching The Yard Sign. Please follow us on our social media platforms. Just search for The Yard Sign and be sure to subscribe to the audio version of our podcast at uh, Google, uh, Apple, and Spotify. You can find the audio version. And then, of course, as you're watching now, live on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Yard Sign and also on YouTube as well. Uh, We appreciate you so much for watching. Please leave us comments, ratings, reviews. Uh, We hope to see you next Monday, 7 o'clock right here on all the interwebs uh, uh, now. Uh, because, you know, of our new audience and working out, you know, this new relationship. We don't have a MAGA uh, moment uh, tonight, but uh, we appreciate you so much for watching. Uh, we'll see you next Monday, 7 o'clock. Thanks, everybody.